how are we feeling today? Are we a little rowdy? Just a little bit. That's okay. Well, if we haven't met before, my name is Carissa, and I am so excited to be here with you guys today. Um, okay, and just to start off, I have a question for you, and if you are the first person to raise your hand and answer the question correctly, I'll give you $5 at a later date. I don't have cash with me right now, but I, I pinky promise, and that's a very solemn promise, I promise I will give you $5, okay? Are we ready for the question? Okay. Now you have to be completely quiet and raise your hands. The first person that I see raise their hand and get it right is going to be our winner, okay? Are we ready? Okay, here's the question. What is apologetics? Do you know? No, but close. What is apologetics? You and the white. Okay, no. <laughs> you, or, yeah. Oh, what, wow, what did you say? Say it louder. Correct. And we have our winner. <laughs> Amazing. I have a feeling his leader actually told him the answer, though. So maybe that's cheating. Anyways, that's all right. We'll just give it to him. <laughs> that is so exciting. So this, okay, thank you. That's enough. So this morning, bring it on back, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, we're talking about apologetics. And it does sound like to be sorry, but it's not. It's actually the defense of the Christian faith. It's a word that's used to describe how we can rationally explain our faith in Jesus Christ. It's pretty exciting. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So we're in the middle of the series called the Why We Believe series. And last week, Jeff spoke about the evidence for God and creation. Do you remember that? All the scientific facts, all the like crazy things about the universe. Do you guys remember what he talked about? Yeah. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. So this morning, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the evidence for Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the evidence for his death and for his resurrection. How does that sound today? Thank you, Tyler. (laughs) Sounds exciting, right? And this morning, you guys, what we want you to take away today is a couple things. But the first thing is that we want you to hear that Christianity is actually rational. Christianity can be explained. Christ can be explained. It makes sense. It's logical. It's rational. And it is exciting. It's good. So today we're just going to dive into that. Um, Would you guys just bow your heads and pray with me as we begin? Lord Jesus, we are so excited to talk about you today. We're so excited to encounter you today through studying the evidence for you. We're so excited to hear what you have to say to us today. We're so thankful that you came to earth, that you love us, that you died for us, and that you are alive again. We praise you, God, today. So would your words be spoken even as we begin this time? So God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So maybe you've heard of this dude named Jesus. Maybe not. Maybe you've been around church and you've heard things, different things about him. 
But there's a lot of different opinions about Jesus, right? Like if you look at culture, if you look at school, there's so many different opinions. Some of those are that Jesus is actually not even real. He's not even a real person. He's just a complete myth. It's like a fairy tale. Some people believe that he's real, but he's not God. He's not God at all. Some people believe he's just a good teacher. But we believe as Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe that he's a real person. We believe that he is the cornerstone of our lives. And we're going to dive into that this morning. We're going to dive into the rational defense for Jesus Christ. And it's a lot. So get your notes ready. Um, And just to let you know, this is just like a teeny tiny sliver of all the information and the research you can do into who Jesus is. So this, we're just scratching the surface, you guys. And it's hopefully just to inspire you today to dive into the fact that Jesus is real. And Jesus can be um, learned about through apologetics and learned about through the study of him. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament, and it's written by a follower of Jesus named Paul the Apostle. Um, And he's writing to the church in Corinth, um, and he has a lot of really great things to say. So go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 3-8. Are we there? Is anyone there? (laughs) Tyler's always ready. (laughs) All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. And it says, For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Though, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. So in this passage, Paul is talking about Jesus, and he's talking about the gospel. He says, he makes a couple claims here. He says, Jesus Christ is real. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried, and he rose again. And he then lists different people that saw this and that were witnesses to this. It wasn't just one person that saw Jesus resurrected. It was over 500 people, and they testified to that. So this is what we're going to dive into today. We're going to dive into, is this true? Is Jesus real? Is Jesus' death and resurrection real? And these are the most important questions you can ask. The question of who do you say Jesus is, is the question of your life. Because it determines everything about you. And we're going to dive into that further today. So the gospel message, Jesus' death and resurrection, is recorded in all four gospels in the Bible. It's recorded in Matthew 27 through 28, Mark 15 through 16, Luke 23 and 24, and John 19 and 20. So those are the gospel accounts of Jesus' death and resurrection. This is the most important thing in history. If Jesus Christ, if he really truly died, if he was buried, if he was resurrected and he is alive, this is the most important news in history. And why would that be? It'd be because Jesus overcame death and has given us eternal life. 
And if that's true, if that's true, it's the most important thing in history. Amen? If Jesus did and was who he says he is, that is life-changing because he rose from the grave. He's the only one in history that conquered death. And that is so important. It's the most important thing of our lives. So that's why we're getting, I'm getting pumped about this today because this can change your life. This will change your life and this will change your destiny and your eternal destination. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Point number one, Jesus Christ is a real historical person. Jesus Christ is a real historical person. Now, how do we know anything happened in history? How do we know if people really landed on the moon? Did they really or was it like just made up? Does anybody know anybody that doesn't think we landed on the moon? Yeah, it's kind of funny, huh? Like grandparents, they're like, no, that's not true. It was fake. The moon landing. Okay, so we, how do we know that's true? But also, how do we know George Washington was present? president? The first president. president. George Washington was the first pres- president, but how do we know that? We know that because we have historians that are recording what has happened, right? We have people that are writing down what's going on. And in the same way, history, historians have recorded things about Jesus Christ. That's really important because if Jesus Christ wasn't real, historians would not have written about him as if he were real. And the fact of the matter is there's at least 10 first century historians, so people that were alive during the time of Jesus and right after his generation, there are 10 of those historians that mention Jesus Christ of Nazareth by name. Some of them were actually Jewish. Some of them were Roman. And most of them actually didn't even like Christians. They didn't even believe the Christian faith. In fact, most of them hated Christians. But the fact that they are the ones that recorded Jesus Christ as real is very important. Because that's unbiased. And that means that they're not trying to like sell you anything. They're not trying to um, come at this from a certain angle. They are objective. And so Jesus Christ has been recorded by at least 10 other um, first century historians, and that's very important. And the, one of my favorite ones of those is a man named um, Josephus. Josephus. What if you had that name in class? Jeez Louise. Jophius. Okay. And he was a first century historian. He was Jewish and he was living in Rome. But listen to this, you guys. He talked about Jesus, and you guys really like listen to what he says because it's actually mind blowing. And this is what he records. About this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. For he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such people as accepted the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. And when upon the accusation of the principal men among us, Pilate had condemned him to a cross, Those who had first come to love him did not cease. He appeared to them spending a third day restored to life. For the prophets of God had foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. And the tribe of the Christians, so called after him, has still to this day not disappeared. How amazing is that? So this this historian is recording the gospel, but he's not a believer. 
he actually doesn't claim Christ at all, but he records that Jesus lived, that he was a wise man, that he performed many miracles and surprising deeds, that he was a teacher, but also that people were won over by his message, that he won over Greeks and Jews. And this guy even says he was the Messiah. He records him as being the one that the Jewish people were waiting for. And it also rec- he also records that Pilate had him condemned to the cross. Pilate had him crucified. But it also says that he appeared to them after three days and was resurrected. This is a, an amazing document. This is an amazing historical document that speaks to the reality of Jesus Christ. And it also says that the Christians are still alive to this day, which is pretty cool. Um, so that is the point, the first point that we want you guys to really hear today is that Jesus Christ is a real historical person. You can believe that Jesus was real because there's so much evidence supporting that. There's historical, factual evidence that shows that that's true. Amen? Or how are we doing? Do we like, do we like that? I think that's pretty encouraging. At least for me, I get very encouraged by studying this stuff because I don't want to believe something that's a lie. And I know you guys don't want to either. If Jesus is not who he says he is, if he was not a historical person, we should not be Christians, right? If Jesus is not who he says he is, if this didn't happen, if he wasn't crucified, if he didn't rise from the grave, we shouldn't believe this. But the fact of the matter is we can because it's true. Because there's so many different pieces of evidence that show that this is real. That Jesus Christ is real and that he is the Son of God. It's amazing. So second point, if you're taking notes, Jesus Christ was crucified and died. And we see this recorded in the gospel messages, but we also see it specifically in Luke 23, 32 through 33. And it says right here, as Jesus um, is getting crucified, it says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on the left. So the gospel records that Jesus Christ was indeed crucified. Um, And if you don't know what crucifixion is, basically... um, They had a big wooden cross um, that they would nail people to. Um, The Romans were really expert killers. They they were really, really good at that. And that's how they killed people back in that day. Um, And basically, as the person was hanging on the cross, their heart would um, get so much pressure built up on it from the strain of their body that sometimes um, their heart would actually, like, explode, kind of. Um, and it was just so gruesome, like really, really gruesome. And that's what it records Jesus, um, died as. So there's, um, but there's one objection. Some people say, okay, Christians claim Jesus died on the cross. He was crucified and he died. But some people say he didn't really die. Some people are like, oh, it's, it's just, he faked it, right? He didn't actually die. But here's the thing, you guys. Romans knew how to kill people really well. They weren't like, oh, oops, we didn't kill them. That was their, to- that was their job. They, they killed people. I almost said they killed it. <laughs> like, you know, anyways, <laughs> so not funny. Okay, 
But actually, they would crucify up to 6,000 people per day. Yeah. So they knew how to kill people very effectively. Um, and another piece of um, interesting fact is that in John 19:34 it says, um, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. Now, you might be wondering, water? Like, why would that be coming out of your body? Kind of, this is going to be gross, so if you're squeamish, I'm sorry. Um, but I looked it up, and um, this is what a doctor says. So, sorry if you're grossed out by this, but in this case, a spear through the right side of the heart would allow the fluid built up in the lungs to escape first, followed by a flow of blood from the wall of the right ventricle. The important fact is that the medical evidence supports that Jesus did die a physical death. So basically, the gospel attests to what science has proven. The gospel attests to what science has proven, and the fact of the matter is that Jesus was killed. That was it. He died, and there's no way, there's no true historian, no scientific person actually believes that Jesus didn't die because the evidence is so overwhelming that he did. So our points are, Jesus Christ was a real historical person. Jesus Christ um, was crucified and died. And point number three is Jesus Christ rose again. And this is the most important point. This is the most important point, you guys. So just hone in right now. If you don't listen to anything I say, just please listen to this. And our boy Paul that we read in 1 Corinthians, he also has something really cool to say about this. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, 17 through 20, he says, And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins and your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. But the truth is, Christ is risen from the dead. So what Paul is saying again is if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, none of this matters. But the fact of the matter is that he did. And the most exciting thing is that this is true. Now, some people say the objection to this claim, the objection to the claim that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, is that maybe the disciples, maybe the people that follow, followed Jesus and found him, maybe they went to the wrong tomb. Maybe they, they got lost. They didn't know where Jesus was buried. But Another kind of gross fact, the Romans were really brutal people. They, they, were, they killed a lot of people. They were really violent. Um, but the fact of the matter is they would not have gone to the wrong tomb. And if they did go to the wrong tomb and they, like, were looking for the body, um, the Romans would have for sure gone to Jesus' tomb, dragged out his body, and paraded it around the town. That's what they did with other prominent people that were crucified. They took the body out like attached it to a cart and paraded it around town so people could see what they did. And the fact of the matter is, if Jesus was still in the grave, they would have done that to his body, hands down, without a doubt. But they didn't because he wasn't there. So that kind of debunks the, the myth that Jesus, um, that they found the wrong tomb. But there's another objection as well um, with Jesus's resurrection. And people, sometimes people think that Christ's body was actually stolen. Some people think that the disciples stole Christ's body. They were like, we'll fake everybody out and we'll take it. 
Um, but the funny thing is, is actually that's what the disciples thought at first too. If you look in John 20, 1 through 2, it records um, the resurrection story. But here's what it says. It's actually pretty funny. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she saw, she sees that there's the big stone is rolled away. She's like, what is going on? So she ran and went to Simon Peter um, and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, which is John, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we not, do not know where they have put, laid him. They don't, they, where is he? We don't know. So she actually thinks, and all the disciples think that somebody must have stolen his body, even though Jesus has told them that he's going to rise from the grave. But they're surprised. They're not sure what's going on. They actually think that Jesus' body was stolen too. But then we see that that's actually not true because he appears to them. Um, so how many of you have ever taken an English class in school? Has anybody taken English? Do we like English? No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, how many of you have learned about the structure of a story or a plot? Has anyone learned about that? Like characters, protagonist, antagonist, the climax, the low point, the, um, the beginning, the middle, and the end, that sort of thing? We've heard about that? Sort of, yeah. Cool. So, now some stories, most stories have these elements, but some stories are too good to be true, like Santa Claus. Santa Claus is too good to be true, right? It's n it doesn't make any sense. It has no fluctuation. And here's a fun little piece of fact. Sorry, bring it back. It's not Christmas yet. It's too early. <laughs> so sorry. It's not even Halloween, you're right. Um, okay, bringing it back. The interesting fact about the Bible is that um, in, some, in certain stories, people are presented in a good light, right? We want to make characters look good. We want to make them look like heroes. We want to make them look strong. But one piece of evidence that, kind of, that really supports that the Bible is true is how it shows um, people in a really bad light, because that's what actually happened. So every single one of the 12 disciples deserted Jesus. Every single one of them. And if the Bible was not true, you can, you can be guaranteed that they would not have displayed the disciples as leaving Jesus. They would have, the disciples would have been cast as heroes, as strong and intelligent and mighty, but actually in the gospel, they're shown to be weak and confused, and they actually betray Jesus a lot. But it's interesting because the Bible doesn't record a myth. It actually records what truly happened. And another way that we know that the resurrection story is true, and I'm going to get a little fired up about this, but... How do we know that the resurrection is true? One of the most important facts is the fact that women found Jesus for the first time, that they found the empty tomb, that women were the first ones to see that Jesus has been raised from the dead, is a huge piece of evidence speaking to the fact that it's true. Because in that day and age, women did not have a voice, you guys. 
They didn't have any say. They actually couldn't even testify in court. Their voices, their opinions weren't mattered at all. So the fact that a woman found Jesus first, found the empty tomb first, if it was a myth, that would not be a part of the story. Because no one would want a woman to testify that Jesus was raised from the dead, right? Does that make sense? So that's a really cool piece of history. Another, um, a cool quote that I found about that um, from a book that I've read called The Problem of God. It's incredible. I highly recommend it. And it's, it goes like this. If you wanted to convince people in the ancient world that your leader was raised from the dead, that you are making up the story, you do not want to make women the eyewitnesses of the resurrection. It would be counterproductive. And yet here, pushing against common sense, against tradition and culture, the testimony is given by women in all four gospel narratives. So the fact of the matter is Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and we talked about how, um, how sometimes people think that um, the disciples stole the body, but we saw that that's not true because they were just as confused as anybody else. And we also see that a key piece of evidence is that women found the tomb after the resurrection. And another piece of evidence that Jesus Christ rose again is the, the change in the disciples. And as we just talked about, the disciples all abandoned Jesus before he was crucified. They left, they scattered, they were afraid, they did not want to stand with him. But after the resurrection... Almost all of the disciples were martyred, which means killed for their faith. Yeah, um, it's true. And um, actually, in fact, Peter was crucified upside down because he refused to be killed in the same way Jesus was. He was crucified upside down. Um, And Paul and John the Baptist were actually decapitated. So the disciples, think about this, though, you guys. We would not die basically for anything. We don't want to die. We don't like the idea of dying. But these men would, and these men would not have died for something they knew to be false. Think about that. You wouldn't die for a lie, right? You would say it wasn't true before you were killed. But these men, because they believed in Jesus Christ, they were all, almost all of them martyred because of that. So the fact of the matter is Jesus is real. He's a historical person. He died on the cross, and he rose again. And the fourth point this morning, you guys, is that Jesus Christ claimed to be God. And why is this important? This is important because so many people say that um, that he didn't or that he wasn't who he said he is. Um, but we see that in John eight fifty six through 59 that Jesus claims to be God. And we also see in John 10, 30 through 31, he claims, I and the Father are one. That's what he says. He says he is God. And that made the Jews so mad that they wanted to stone him, but he got away. So Jesus Christ, it's, I can't even tell you how many times in the Bible he claims to be God because it's countless times. So the fact of the matter is Jesus claimed to be God. Um, And the interesting thing is, if you look at, if you study the other world religions, can we focus in over here, please? Thanks so much. Um, If you look at the other religions of the world, such as Mormons and Muslims and Hindus, you can see that they actually try to incorporate Jesus into their theology. They try to make Jesus part of their religion. 
but they completely ignore his claims to be God. So they try to fit Jesus into what they believe, but it just doesn't work because they ignore the, the fact that he claimed to be God. So for example, say you're walking around and you just bump into this guy and his name's Barack Obama. And you're like, oh, hey, Barack, what's going on? Um, and you're like chatting it up and he is like, yeah, back in my days of being president, and you're like, whoa, 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 stop right there. You are a good political leader. You're an important person. You are a good man, but you were never president. That's just not true. So I'll accept you as a political leader, but I won't make, I, you're not president. You were never president. That would be craziness, right? Everybody would be like, no. <laughs> That's not true. But guess what, you guys? People do that with Jesus all the time. They're like, oh, he's a good teacher. He's a wise man. But he wasn't God. But that is ignoring so many of his claims and statements he made in the Bible. Are we tracking with that? Does that make sense? So the common conception is that Jesus was a good teacher. And we're going to dive into that just a little bit. So our four points today... Jesus Christ is a real historical person. Jesus Christ died. Jesus Christ rose again. And Jesus Christ claimed to be God. And the fifth point that I really want you guys to listen in on, and I'll explain, so don't worry if you're confused at first. But Jesus Christ is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And I'll explain this. This thought, this idea, is actually from a man named C.S. Lewis. Has anybody heard of C.S. Lewis? Good old C.S. Lewis. He's great. Have you, you, have you seen or read the Chronicles of Narnia? Anybody? Yes, they're beautiful. I love Aslan. I want, like, to hug him. <laughs> he's so sweet. Um, so C.S. Lewis, he's a lion. That's the point. He's nice, though. Um, so C.S. Lewis was a 20th century British writer, professor, and theologian, which means he studied God, he wrote about God, he thought a lot about God, and he had a lot of amazing ideas. But the interesting thing about C.S. Lewis is that he was actually an atheist, which means he didn't believe in God at all. He was an atheist early in his life. So he rejected God and didn't believe in God at the start of his life. But as he studied the facts about Jesus Christ, he became convinced that Jesus Christ is real and that he is who he says he is. And that's him right there, yes. Um, and he is one of the most important thinkers of the 20th century. But he came up, you guys, with the idea that Jesus Christ is either um, a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. So let's track this out. Are you guys ready? Okay, thank you. Um, so basically, his argument is this, that Jesus was either just lying to people, he knew that he was not God, but he told people he was, he was either a liar or a lunatic, which means he's just crazy, he thinks he's God, but he's not, so he's wacko, or he's actually Lord and who he says he is. And let me just read this quote to you. It's a little bit long, but stay with me and we'll talk through it after. This is what C.S. Lewis says. He's brilliant. 
He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, him being Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher. That's said a lot. But I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a teacher and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg. He's British, so that would probably be funny in, in England. I don't know. Um, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something, else, something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend, and consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. The fact of the matter, you guys, is that Jesus Christ was not crazy. He was not a liar, which means he's Lord which means he is who he claims to be. And the fact of the matter, you guys, is that we cannot pick and choose who we want Jesus to be. We cannot pick and choose parts of his message that we like, like loving one another, like forgiving one another, but not accept him as savior of the world. We cannot be presented with this evidence. We cannot be presented with the facts historically and not come to terms with who he is. So go ahead and put your Bibles and journals down. Um, we're going to just lead into a, a time of response right now. And if the worship team wants to come back up and get prepared, that would be wonderful. Um, but you guys, this is really important. And I know we covered a lot of material. Is anybody a little bit overwhelmed? It's okay. I'm a little bit overwhelmed with all the facts and stuff. But the fact of the matter is that Jesus is who he says he is. So this morning, we want you to be presented with the fact, as we've talked about in the series, in the Why We Believe series, we've discovered the evidence that there is a God, that creation shows design, intelligent design, that creation shows so much purposefulness in the littlest things. We've seen the scientific facts of creation and of science. We've seen all of that. And we've seen today, we've talked about Jesus. We've talked about the fact that history supports his claims. That he truly is who he says he is. So this morning, you guys, if you want to just close your eyes... And take a moment. We're going to be... Just have a moment with the Lord. And this is so important for each and every one of us. Because maybe you're in this room and you think Jesus couldn't be God. You've heard 
different things about Jesus you've heard. People say that he wasn't real. People say that he's not true. People say that he was just a good teacher. But you haven't necessarily believed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Maybe you're in this room and you doubted the the reality of the resurrection. You think that that couldn't possibly happen because it doesn't make any rational sense. But maybe you're feeling stirred in your heart, stirred in your head and in your heart to believe that that's true because we've seen that that is a reality, that there's evidence that Jesus Christ truly died and rose again. So with every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're going to take a moment and I don't want anyone to miss this moment because this is so important because who you say about Jesus, who you say Jesus is determines the rest of your life. And the fact of the matter is that God, the concept of God, the concept of Jesus should be felt, should be experienced, but also should be rational, should be, should make sense. And Jesus makes sense in our heads and in our hearts. So this morning, if there's anyone that wants to make that step, that wants to make that commitment to follow Jesus, to put their trust in him as Lord and Savior, maybe even for the first time, if there's anyone that's feeling stirred in the room with every eye closed, please, nobody else is looking around. But if you decide this morning, if you're saying, I believe Jesus died, I believe he rose again, and I believe that he is Lord. I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at right now. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and you want to put your trust and your hope in him for the first time, just raise your hand because he is true. He is real. And he has died and raised again for us. And that's the fact of the matter. Go ahead and put your hands down. Thank you so much. Let's pray together. Lord God. Lord Jesus, we celebrate you today. We thank you, God, that you are true, that we can see historically, scientifically, and with every ounce of our beings that you've created, we see that you're real. We see the evidence that you've died and you rose again, and we put our hope in your resurrection. We place our everything in your hands, Lord God. We accept and acknowledge that you are Lord, that you love us. And God, we do not have all the answers. We are just scratching the surface to all that you are. But God, we give ourselves to you today. And we, we just invite you to be Lord of our lives. We give everything we are to you, Jesus, because we see that you are true. So I pray for each student in this room that even if they're struggling with doubts, even if they're struggling with questions, even if they're not sure, God, would you speak to them? God, would you use the facts? Would you use any piece of evidence that you can, Lord, to speak to them? And would these students be assured that what they believe that Christianity is factual, it's historical, it's scientific, and it's true in every aspect of the word. Would they have confidence that you are real, not you're true, and that it, faith can be explained and rationalized 
as well. Would they have confidence that you are who you say you are, Jesus? We come together as brothers and sisters, and we just say that we love you, we praise you, and we put our faith in you because all the evidence we, we saw today, we, with all of that, we still have to make a choice. We still have to make a choice what we believe, whether or not to have faith. So God, we put our faith and our trust and our hope in you, even when we can't see you right now. We choose you, Jesus, because we believe in you. So Lord, we give you our hearts today and we say thank you. We invite you into every aspect of who we are. We love you so, so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.